by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Hello, welcome to N17 Women, the podcast about Spurs women's team. I'm Rachel, I'm your host for today, and I'm here today with Caroline. Hi, Caroline, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Um, Had a little different uh, viewing experience this time around with the game because I had to catch it on replay. Um, but glad I got to see it, you know, eventually. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, there was a little bit of a confusion about where it was going to be and when. But yeah, we're very glad that you've seen it so that you can join in all our conversation. And Sean, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Good weekend of cup football between my nephew involved in a giant killing football game in the under 11s or under 12s section. Uh, and then the Spurs women and uh, not slipping up on this potential banana skin. All good. Excellent. And there's no Abby today. She's got work commitments, but we will have her with us again next week when we're going to be discussing our league game our way at Reading. So for today, the focus is the Continental Cup game. We are in the group stages still, and this was our second game. This one was our only home game in the group stages, and we were playing Coventry. We've played Coventry quite a few times before, and I think we were all quite optimistic in our predictions. I listened back and I realised we had predictions of 5-0, 6-1, 6-0 and 4-1. Yeah, but the actual score was 5-1. Sorry, I'm getting muddled up there. So we got very close, but we didn't quite get the score right. But we did predict that there were going to be a lot of goals and most of them for Spurs. And that was exactly how it turned out. So this was a game in which we had a slightly different lineup than we've seen previously. So we started with Tinny Coppella in goal, which is obviously not unusual. But then our back line consisted of Amy Turner, uh, Molly Bartrip. But this time we had Gracie Pierce starting her first game for Spurs. She'd come on as a substitute in our win at Brighton, but this was her first full game. And at left back, we had Keris Harrop back from seven months of injury, which we heard her talk about in our interview pod with her. If you haven't listened to that one, go back. She's amazing. It was a great discussion. But we were all then really happy to see her back in the starting lineup. The midfield looked much more familiar. So we had Angara James and Evelina Sumanum in that sort of defensive midfield pairing with Drew Spence ahead of them. And at the front, Jessica Naz, Rosella Ayan and Chi Ubugaga. So this was the first game that we didn't see Ashley Neville starting and she actually wasn't on the bench either. So obviously getting a little bit of a rest this time out. Was there anything that you guys thought about the lineup that surprised you or was as expected? Happy to see? Great to see Keris back. I mean, we anticipated that she would be for this one, I think. Um, but yeah, great to see her back. She's been on the bench a couple of times but this was a good opportunity for her to play 90 minutes and and come back uh, I know she's feeling a little bit slower than she might be obviously with seven months out that's going to happen and as I understand it she had a, a stud missing from her boot because she couldn't find a stud after being out for so long um, so didn't seem to affect her play though uh, so yeah so great to see Karis back and otherwise I think just some players getting a bit more time just starting again uh, and Rosella getting some starting time for us to see what she can do this season. So yeah, some some interesting options in the starting eleven. Yeah, and I was 
happy, especially to see Ash getting a rest. You know, we know she goes 100% every game. So we have to take any opportunity to give her a rest possible. Um, And also just seeing, you know, some younger players coming through, whether it was in the starting lineup or later on as subs, you know, getting to see Gracie Pierce have her first start. And I was also, you know, happy to see that forward line was kind of a mix of, you know, players who just hadn't had a lot of time or just kind of needed more minutes to get back to their peak form. So yeah, just a really good lineup for a cup game. It seemed like there was an emphasis on uh, saving energy. So for example, Tinney played the first half. We saw Becky Spencer coming on in the second half. I'm guessing to just ensure that neither of them got exhausted by this game. Uh, As you said, there was also on the substitutes bench, we saw a couple of players who are from the academy and have not played any games for Spurs previously. So that included... Ella Hewton, Lena Gunning-Williams, uh, who both came on, and Kaylee Steed, who didn't in the end come on. So again, lots of young players getting opportunities and giving a rest to some people who've had a lot of minutes, which included, of course, the captain, Shalina Zadorsky, who was on the bench but didn't come on in this game. And up until this point, had played every minute of every game for Spurs, though probably was due a rest. It did mean that I think in the first half, the captaincy seemed to be with Angered James. Yeah, and in the Second half, I couldn't quite work that out. Didn't notice, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't see. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Me and my nephew were sitting there trying to spot where the armband was, and we couldn't quite work it out. We thought maybe it was Jess, or maybe it was um, Becky Spencer. But yeah, it wasn't very obvious in the second half, at least. Anyway, for the first half, it was Angered, and I guess that just highlighted again that she's playing that kind of leadership role within the team already, um, which we've commented on previously. So this game... Goals came thick and fast. The first one was a headed goal by Evelina Sumanum from a cross from Angarad James. It was the sort of second cross after a corner. Thoughts on that? I was shocked to learn that this was her first goal for Spurs. I I don't know when I thought she had scored, but I, I certainly thought she had already. But for her to get it off of a header, you know, I think that was an exciting development in her game. And, you know, she had a very strong game overall in this match. So definitely deserved to get a goal out of it. And I think one thing we've wanted from her this season is a little more attacking output. So great to see that she's working on that, even if it is against a little weaker opposition this time. Yeah, we know she can score internationally and she has done. Uh, so wait, we're waiting for that, really. I suppose, obviously, she's given a more defensive role for Spurs than maybe she is on the international stage. So not given too much opportunity, but against Coventry, great opportunity to get up for a corner and use that height that she's got and just um, stab it home. I mean, we'll, we'll come to this, I guess. But, you know, interesting that most of our goals in this game came either directly from or quite quickly after a corner. One that didn't was the next goal, which was Rosa's. This one, she was played through by Chi and then she slotted it into the left-hand side of the keeper. She was in front of goal, which we often joke is where she most likes to score a goal from. But it was a nice goal, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think it was, you know, an easy finish because the defender was battling pretty hard to get to the ball first. But I, I liked seeing her playing in the striker role. And I think in the first half, especially, she was really making a lot of good runs and um, was, you know, maybe a little unlucky not to score later on in the first half. Second half, I feel like there was a bit of a tail off. But this goal, I think, you know, she deserves some great credit for. Yeah, it wasn't an easy one. I think the the keeper was keeping the goal quite small for her and she didn't have a lot of a, a, a target there, but she stabbed it home. So great, great to see that. And, you know, we've seen in the past her uh, taking a while to find the goal uh, the Watford game for example last season she 
spent a lot of time shooting around the goal before she found the goal. So great to see her first. Well, there were a couple of times, I think, around that where she just didn't make contact with the ball, so didn't actually get the shot off. But um, when she actually got the contact with the ball, she made the shot. Yeah, and then the next goal, it was not just Karis's return, but it was also Karis's first goal of the season. And this one from a corner by Evelina, that was taken by Evelina on the right-hand side, it was uh, apparently something that they'd been practising on the training grounds. The ball from the corner went long. Karis stuck out her left foot and managed to get it across the goalkeeper and into the far corner of the goal. I have to say, from my perspective, the goalkeeper, I mean, we can come to this more generally. The goalkeeping was pretty bad. And I just it's a reminder that Coventry have had Eleanor Heaps third goalkeeper out on loan she's hurt her fingers and so they've gone back to their number two or number three goalkeeper she definitely did not cover herself in glory this game and she kind of just stood there as this goal went in which she did for a couple of them but it was nice well it's good isn't it for them to be practicing that putting into match practice the things that they do on the training ground and it getting an outcome I think that's got to help for you you know for that going forward when you're playing against the bigger teams if you have actually worked it successfully against the smaller team then you've got more hopes of doing it against the bigger team so you know it's the next step up from the training ground to a lower level team so all good stuff as we, we we you know we've talked about corners a lot this season then nice to see us actually doing well and maybe they have borrowed the men's corner coach whilst the men are away who knows? Yeah. And it, it was really nice placement, her volley. Um, and I think seeing her get that header off the corner last season, you know, we would like her to be a little more of a presence in our set pieces. So, and I, I thought just coming back from her injury in general, she maybe took a little bit of time to warm up into the game, but you know, overall it was just kind of classic Karis, everything you expect from her, the physicality, um, just her guess I would say her footballing IQ and knowing where she needs to be and when um, you know just all the things that we've come to expect from her she got right back to it so hopefully she'll be getting some more minutes. And great to see that smile on her face even as the teams were lining up she had a huge great big smile yeah. on, uh, which is great to see for somebody who is you know been playing for so many years that she's still so just so excited to be playing and I think you know some of that you know her play down that uh, left wing was really good even early I thought even early on in the first half some great passes setting chi free and things and the keris that we know and love and are, are pleased to see her back and she's clearly pleased to be back yeah there were definitely a few moments where I, I mean again I've always been a fan of the way she shepherds the ball out and she just has that calmness under pressure that was there and like you say some really nice attacking play she seemed really keen to go forward in this game you could definitely tell that she was a couple of she wasn't quite back to her full match fitness she was a little bit slower there was there was one moment where I'd say she did that was a bit of a professional foul let's just say that was kind of funny almost but yeah she won't commit that kind of foul in a couple of weeks when she is feeling a little bit more able to track back faster but yeah really good to see her so we went into half time three goals up were there any other things that you noticed in the first half that are worth commenting on or thinking about I thought it was interesting and a lot of us were assuming that Esther would be cup tied um, but mm-hmm. obviously played for Coventry so obviously Spurs have said yeah it's fine I mean we know Esther's coming back from injury as well so a good opportunity as well I guess for Spurs to assess where Esther's at and um, we know from our friends at Coventry that uh her loan comes to an end at the end of the year and then there's so there's the question of is she going to stay at Coventry or is she going to come back to Spurs and that's a question I guess 
that Rianne will have to answer. So a good opportunity. She did only play 45 minutes, but I thought she did very well in the 45 minutes that she played. Um, she got, I think, <laughs> more shots off than anybody else from Coventry's perspective. Um, they were fairly simple for Tinny to, to get to, and we were not happy about her taking shots. But, you know, um, great to see her doing that and to see her back on the pitch and be interesting to see the decision that's made whether she gets to go back to Coventry for the second half of the season or whether we add her to our bench. Uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Esther and I'm really looking forward to seeing how she develops. Yeah, I thought Esther did have some bright moments. Uh, so that was really nice to get to see her in action because I'll be honest, I don't catch a whole lot of championship games. So I'm not sure how much more I'll be seeing of her until she does return. But speaking of another young player who is still with the club, Gracie Pierce, um, I, I'm pretty sure this moment happened in the first half. There was a, a moment when she put in an absolutely brilliant through pass to Rosella to run onto. And that was the moment when Rosella really should have had her second goal. Um, but just knowing that she has the confidence to make those kind of attacking movements, I thought was really good to see from her. It was interesting watching her playing because she was playing centre-back, which is her position this time, whereas when she came on against Brighton, she was playing more as a, a full fullback wingback position. So it's doing more running up the line then. So interesting to see her in this position where obviously she was more defensive, but still getting forward a little bit and, and, and making some great balls. I did think that she started a little bit nervously. There were some misplaced balls early on. It seemed like she grew into it and there was a greater confidence, certainly by the second half. So I would have said that you know, given given how positive we were when she came on at Brighton, I think that her first half was below that, but she kind of reached that level again by the second half. So hopefully that consistency is something that's going to come soon. But certainly there's lots of promise and optimism there. So the second half, we had three substitutions. I mentioned already that Becky Spencer came on for Tinny. I'm guessing just to give her a bit of a rest. But we also then saw um, Angerad and Drew leaving the pitch and they were replaced by Ella Houghton or Houghton, sorry, though she's an academy player. And I'm not actually sure how to pronounce her name because the club haven't said very much about that. But also by Cho So Hyun. And so the two of them came on then into the midfield. I think Cho had one of her usual sort of busy games and we're going to get on to the assist that she provided. What my thoughts about Ella were that she looked quite nervous, I would say. This was clearly a big step up for her, and you know, she didn't do anything wrong, but she seemed very anxious to not do anything wrong. And I think most of her passes from that kind of defensive midfield area, which we're so used to Angerad being in and sort of pushing the ball forward, were instead back to the centre backs. There was a point at which I started checking whether. She was ever going to pass forward. And I honestly don't know if I remember any times that she did. She did have a couple of, she did have a shot on goal. So that she's obviously been told, you know, have a go if you're in a position. But it was more the sort of passing that I was not so sure about. Did you guys see that differently? Or did you also notice some, I guess, unsureness on the ball? Yeah, no, I think you're right. There was definitely, I mean, she was calling for the ball and, you know, asking for it to come to feet. But you noticed a lot of the time she wasn't getting it. Uh, and I think potentially, you know, that's because the rest of the team were feeling that nervousness about her as well. She did get some touches of the ball, obviously, and she did have some action, but not as much perhaps as as much as she was calling for. So it's good to see her calling for the ball, but she does need to be, you know, more confident in that and more kind of, you know, assertive 
in that. But obviously, you know, in a game like this, when you're stepping up from the academy, having never played for the first team before, that's a big ask. And she only had half of the game to to play. So despite the fact that we were, you know, doing really well and winning the game and it was going to be hard to mess up, as I say, we don't take anything for granted against Coventry after last season when we were in the same position at halftime. We made lots of substitutions to bring young players on. It nearly messed us up. So I'm much happier that, that the players are more cautious than um, than not in those situations. But yeah, I mean, great experience for her and hopefully, you know, just be able to push on. And we've got to win the Southampton game next, but it'd be a great opportunity to um, hopefully do the same and get well up by halftime and, and give her some more time second half. I think we actually only needed a draw to finish top of the group since no other team in our group at the moment has more than three points. If we get a draw, we will be on seven and we will definitely top the group. So we've got a lot of we've got a lot of leeway in the Southampton game. Um, Well, but again, we need to, you know, I'd rather I'd rather we went out there and of course try to score five again or eight again um, and and dominated that game apart from anything else just for the confidence within the team. But you, you're right. We just need the point, but never just play for the point and against the championship side. And at least now that, you know, some of these young players have had their debuts, those first game nerves will be gone if they do come in for the next cup game. And the one thing about Ella, I would say, is that I did notice she had some pretty decent power on that shot that got on target, um, which I think is sometimes a little lacking across some of our forwards, you know, not having having a good good leg on some of those shots so I I didn't mind her taking taking her opportunities when they came no I'm 100% with you I think that I was very in favor of her taking the shot I think I was I would have been more willing than Sean perhaps for her to have taken a few more risks with passing forward and trying to slot the ball through but again we don't know what kind of instruction she was given by Rianne in terms of playing it safe versus being a bit more adventurous but risky so it's fair. Okay, so the next goal came on 60 Minutes and this was Amy Turner, another header. This time it was from, was this one from another corner from Evelina? Am I right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was interesting actually, yes, because this one Evelina took from the left-hand side facing the goal, whereas the previous one she'd taken from the right. Um, this one it was slightly higher and more central and Amy managed to get it on her head, whereas the previous one had obviously been quite a long corner and gone to Keris's feet. But all in all, very good corner delivery from Evelina this game. So well done, Evelina. But yeah, also Amy Turner, this was her first goal for the team as well. So that's exciting. Any thoughts about Amy and her new goal scoring position? She had had another um, ball in the back of the net earlier in the game, and I was not entirely clear on what the uh, call was from the ref. Nobody was. I was, yeah. I was watching Rianne, <laughs> and she just kept saying to the fourth official, why? Why has it been disallowed? And and he wasn't even asking the ref, and she was getting really frustrated that he wasn't even asking the ref why it had been disallowed. So yeah. I don't think any, anybody understood why that one was disallowed, but it was. Well, and even watching on the replay, I I rewound it a couple times and was like, what What am I missing here? So yeah. my point is, I think she was unlucky not to have a brace. I don't know. The number of headers that we scored today is kind of flooring me. I feel like that's not usual for Spurs women. So I I always love when we have a variety of of uh different ways of scoring within a game like we saw in the Brighton game too. So yeah, just good to see the set piece um, offense improving and Amy getting a little more involved as well. 
Yeah, you are reminding me that I was when I was actually in the game, there was a guy in front of me videoing it. And so we were all when we were all saying what's going on, he was rewinding his video on his phone to try and watch live, to try and work. And he had a really good quality phone. So we he should have been able to see what was going on. Yeah, no idea. It was completely opaque. So there was something I have to say, I was not super impressed with the refereeing of this game. There was also at this point, we had both Nikki coming on, which was great to see. Obviously, she's been injured. And, you know, we've many times said that Spurs play better when she's on the field. And also Lena Gunning-Williams, who is another academy player, came on jumping ahead. Coventry scored a goal. We'll go back to that in a minute. But at the end of the game, there was also a goal scored by Lena Gunning-Williams, which was probably her first or maybe third touch And this was another headed goal, as Caroline said. There were a lot of them. This was uh, across from Cho. Yeah, a fantastic debut for the club. She was in the box. This is what we've been saying. We need more players in the box. And there she was, back post, ready for it and waiting. And that's what happens when you get players in the box. You score goals. So it was great. And if she's got those kind of instincts, you know, all good. And at the time she scored, it wasn't just her in the box. I think there was three of them because Nikki was there. I'm not sure who the third one was, but it felt like you had players in the box, like we've been saying. Yeah, and Cho's got a, I think it was Cho that got the assist for that one. And she's got a decent cross on her. So I, I think what Sean said about, you know, the instincts from Gunning Williams, that's that's a big part of it. She looked so confident, like to score that kind of goal as her debut. It's tough with the academy players because we know that realistically we're not going to see a ton of them throughout the season. But I, I think I feel pretty good about the fact that we're starting to get some players coming through from the academy who are already confident enough to play at this level. You know, I think in the past, sometimes when we had younger players come on, they looked really intimidated by the moment. And, you know, this new crop of youngsters just look like they they're on it and they're ready. So good to see. I think again, seeing, seeing her get into the box and also the sort of desire to score that header. And she was going up against the goalkeeper for that one. It was really promising, especially given that that is an area where we really do have weaknesses. So I wouldn't be that surprised if she gets a little bit more game time as the season goes on, especially because we know that she was the player who went on the international tour this summer. And so clearly is somebody who Rianne has an eye on as a potential part of the squad, obviously not a starter in the near future. And there was also quite some nice movement she was involved in, I think, down the right hand side where she actually went to, to provide an option for the ball. And then when it wasn't coming to her, moved inside and went into the box to just create a different alternative and create spaces. And so I think she was somebody who was very spatially aware and thinking about progressing the ball and where to be. So overall, I have to say that she was not there for long, but was very impressive in that short period. So lots of hope there. And good to see Nikki again, yeah? Oh, definitely. It's it's kind of a similar thing with her. She She knows where she needs to be. And most importantly, the rest of the team seems to understand where she's going to be Um, because we've we've seen some really great deliveries to her that, you know, just barely were stopped from going in. So I just hope she can stay fit more this season. That's really the big thing with her. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was good that she wasn't on for long because we didn't need to risk her in this game, Mm -hmm. Um, get, get her some minutes, but we didn't need to risk her too much. And we've got a couple of really big games coming up for the Christmas break. So we need to make sure that she's as fit as possible for those. So looking forward to that and, you know, and and give her a few minutes to experience the Comfy Cup. Yeah. And I have to say, just when she comes on, 
she just seems to create this calmness in the team somehow that there is this feeling like there is more space on the pitch because she takes up so much of it and that it kind of pulls people towards her that I'm always really happy to see. So I was super happy to see Nikki there. I mean, that's well, and I think because that's the way, I think that's the way the team are designed to be set up is, is for Nikki to be playing. So when she comes on, everybody can go, okay, now we know, we know what we're supposed to be doing. This isn't plan B, this is plan A. Mm-hmm. So we, we've worked on this hard. We know what we're doing when we know when Nikki's not on, somebody else is taking that role and they're all trying to still figure out how to play that game without Nikki being there. So I think that helps as well. Yeah. And I think Rachel, what you said about her creating space for other players through her movement is really important. Cause I think Nikki has that sort of, fear factor for other teams already, you know, a bit of that like mystique about her that they see her as a threat and they feel compelled to focus a lot of their defensive attention on her, which can then free up other players, you know, like for Cho to be able to find the space to get that cross off for uh, Lena Gunning Williams goal. Exactly there, you know, Nikki creating that space and keeping the rest of the attack flowing, even when she's not on the ball. Yeah, well said. I guess we have to talk about the Coventry goal. They did get one. It was on the 91st minute. Um, It was probably the goal of the game. It was Fran Orthodoxu got the ball on the edge of the area after a couple of, after a sort of attack had broken down and was coming, bouncing around a little bit. It was actually, I mean, we were talking about Evelina having her assist. This was probably also an Evelina assist because it kind of came off of her unknowingly and out to Fran Orthodoxu, who then just, I mean, let rip with a absolutely powerful shot. There wasn't really any saving it. I think it was you, Caroline, was saying earlier that it was maybe a replica of... Yeah, no, it, yeah, I, I said I thought watching it back on a replay, it felt a lot like Erin Cuthbert's the goal against us for Chelsea. I mean, obviously this was Orthodox's second attempt. She'd had one attempt and it gone in and come back out to her again. She'd positioned slightly differently, but it did feel quite a lot like that Erin Cuthbert goal. So it just seems like people are scoring screamers against us. Um, you're not going to do too much about those. And, you know, it was top bins. I think Becky almost got there, but not quite. So uh, nothing you can do about that. Great for them to get a goal. Um at that point, we were 4-1 up, we went on to score another one just to hammer it home and, and, and keep that four-goal deficit. So good goal and something for their fans to cheer. And they did have some fans there, so nice for them to be able to get the opportunity to enjoy something as well. I, I did like that we had that immediate response to go and score on the other end. But I do think maybe it's a slight concern that we're losing a bit of focus at the end of games because I, I think it might have been in the other cup game against Reading that we conceded a stoppage time goal. Um, and also was it Leicester? One of the early season games, but yeah, just having the the focus to continue clearing our lines and defense in those last stages of the game. Cause you know, it's not just that you want the clean sheet for the, the nice symmetry of it, but if it, if it comes down to it in the league, you know, where goal difference becomes a concern, I, I wouldn't want us to be <laughs> conceding a ton of these goals later in the season that just you know don't need to be happening well and I think after last season and the the games that we lost that we shouldn't have done you know we need not to be making assumptions I think and and not to be kind of thinking well this isn't one of the games against the big four therefore we don't have to play 90 minutes Mm -hmm. um I think 
we you know we that's a lesson we need to be learning and in these these are the ideal games we're like saying oh i saw the advert for the the full match day documentary type thing that they would that they've got on spurs player and rianne saying you know intensity keeping the intensity at our level and, and and maintaining that and i think we need to do that the whole time we need to play our game for 90 minutes or 95 minutes or however many minutes it is and and do that because there are going to be games where it matters and yes this game it really didn't matter but it will do so i w- i want to put a controversial point to you maybe I think we played worse in this game than we did against Chelsea. And I I think we kind of agreed that the Chelsea was a pretty decent 3-0 loss. I think this was a pretty bad 5-1 victory. I mean, obviously we had player rotation. We had different people in. Coventry are a really bad team. I mean, they had a couple of players playing well. Um, Obviously, we've mentioned Esther. I thought that their number 24, who is, I'm going to get her, I think it's Wiseman. Uh, Ebony Wiseman had a decent game when she came on at halftime. They also didn't start with the striker who has scored more of their goals, um, Mary Grace McAteer. And she was better when she came on and gave provided a few problems but defensively they were woeful I mean they were just massive gaps and it felt like we were really wasteful and sloppy we were giving the ball away against the better team we would have been punished but we were able to get the ball back again because they really were not good I think we have several players who were especially wasteful I mean there was an example with Chi that really stood out where she was basically um, unmarked in the middle of the box with the ball. And instead of shooting or going towards the goal, she basically went towards the end line in and then actually kicked the ball out. And there were these things that were just such unforced errors. Is it just me? Am I being overly critical? I think there were so many shots that were wasted. There was so much sloppiness in midfields. So it was great to score five goals, but I didn't come away thinking, oh, yeah, we're getting more consistent. I came away thinking, there's a lot of mess there. I mean, I guess you're going to get that in a game like this where you have got players coming in and where at halftime there were quite a few changes. Um, It wasn't the best we've seen. Um, I think certainly the second half, Rosella started reverting to type and there was one shot where we were sure she was going to get her second goal. And then she shot wide, you know, just by not very much, but it's just like you've got you've got to get that on target, Roz, because it's you know it's right there in front of you. Um, so there was, you know, and and she's gonna she's been out of the game for a long time. She's not match fit. She's gonna have some issues with control. You know, that's gonna happen. And this is the game to give them time to try and bash that out of them, probably. Um, so as you say, you know disappointing performance in one sense but the right game to have that disappointing performance in and we still beat them by four goals so you know that I mean that's the good thing you know as I say in previous occasions we've gone there and gone to Coventry and uh, and made the wrong decisions at half time and, and nearly lost it so I mean last season's Coventry were a different kettle of fish again because this season they've obviously had further problems in the off season and 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 been let down by their new owner and things like that so they're having a really tough time of it at Coventry and it looked likely that they're not going to survive this season after the great escape of last season. So really tough for them. But from our perspective, um, not not a great game, but the, enough of a game. I, I think that maybe in terms of like what game I would compare this to, I think the Brighton is more of a an analogue to it than the Chelsea game. 
because with Chelsea, you know, they have some very talented forwards and they were causing us real trouble on our defensive end. Um, whereas in this game, you know, I think we had the bulk of possession. Sometimes our possession was a little bit sloppy. So I can, I can definitely agree that this was not our strongest performance by any means. You know, I think we were a lot more efficient in that Brighton game, especially with our finishing Coventry. I think they did show a lot of bravery going forward. They just, it's the talent gap. It's kind of, you know, when we talk about when we're playing teams at the top of the WSL, it can be frustrating because there's just such a clear disparity in the, in the base talent level of some of the players. Um, and I think that's what you were seeing here. So I, I think I agree with you that we definitely should have scored more, you know, considering the, the opposition that we were up against, we should have been a little more ruthless. And I, I think we showed that ruthlessness in the Brighton game. So it would have been nice to see the same thing here, but I mean, you can't complain about a game where you score five goals at the same time. <laughs> I know it seems ridiculous. Uh, let's let's go back to celebrating. It's great to win five one. Obviously, there were lots of things that could have gone wrong. I think in retrospect, having looked at Coventry, it would have been quite hard for them to go wrong because there was, as you said, that really big gulf. One of the things that happened in the game, which I hope is not going to have any repercussions, is we saw Cho get absolutely whacked, like massive elbow, fell into the hoardings. And we were quite worried about her for a while, that this was potentially a head injury, that this was something that was going to require that she go off immediately. She was looked at for quite a while by medical staff, but did eventually come back onto the pitch and seemingly had no problems. Meanwhile, the player who had um, given her the elbow didn't have any repercussions. It probably should have been a penalty because it was within the area. I mean, I I thought it was a full two-handed shove off the pitch you know that seemed from where I was that was you know it was a horrendous and it wasn't even like there was any reason for it because the ball was going out there was no chance of anybody getting anything and I mean again Rianne was incandescent with the fourth official why why isn't she getting something for that I mean why isn't there a card for that I mean I I wonder if the uh, refs felt a bit sorry for Coventry being in the situation they were but you can't do that and you know whatever the situation as a professional footballer or even a semi-professional footballer, you've got to keep your composure and you can't, whatever's happening, just shove a player like that. And as you say, right into the hoardings. I mean, we, you know, it was going downhill a little bit. So given that she did come on and she was fine, it, it may well be that she didn't, it what it didn't, it wasn't actually as bad as it looked from where we were, but it did certainly look bad. And the, the they just played on as if nothing had happened. And again, we talk about the impact that it has on players as well. When a player gets injured, again, I was talking pre-match to to some of the, the family and friends and they were saying, you know, when when Kit got injured in the West Ham game last season, Kaya Simon in particular found that really difficult to continue because they're really good friends. I mean, I think Kaya's referred to Kit as her work wife on several videos. So obviously they're very close. And so for her to continue not knowing exactly the extent of Kit's injury was difficult and I would imagine for the players seeing that and it went very quiet when Cho went down and went into the hoardings I would imagine for the players that's a very difficult thing to continue when there's somebody receiving treatment down at the side of the pitch and you don't know quite what's going on I I do want to say in fairness to the Coventry player she and one of the other defenders went right up to Cho to check on her so I don't think there was any malice in it it was just like you said kind of careless of that player And especially when there was nothing to be gained from it, you know, disappointing to see that kind of behavior. But 
I, I think Cho seems to be okay because she was, you know, smiling and happy in, in the post-game uh, footage. So hopefully no ill effects because um, we definitely need her as a as a rotational option for the midfield, for sure. Any other thoughts on the game? Are there players that we haven't mentioned or things that you wanted to highlight about how it went? I mean, I, mean, I guess um, we don't know what the attendance was at the game, but um, we know it was down, or we assume we're looking at the crowd, it was down on what we've seen before. So it'll be interesting to find out when the stats actually are going to be released for attendances for these games. Uh, it, it's better than it would have been in the old days when we had a Wednesday evening game in November. It was very cold. You'd get a couple of hundred people there. So it's it was better than that. But, um, you know, it's, again, dipping, which is a, it's a shame considering that there's not much live football or less live football happening in this country at the moment. Uh, Player-wise, I think the only name we didn't really touch on a whole lot was probably Drew Spence, mostly played in the first half and I, I think she had a few good moments um, and she really was just providing some of that like experienced leadership on the pitch. I think, I guess I just, I want to see a little bit more output from her um, in terms of like goals and assists, <laughs> you know, the bread and butter, but she didn't, she didn't do anything wrong in this game for sure. I guess it's worth mentioning. I think my player of the match was Evelina. Not only did she get that goal and assist, but she was just everywhere. It was one of those games that her energy was absolutely essential to. And like I say, I think that we were sometimes sloppy, but she was the player who was then winning the ball back, who was pushing it up the field, who was everywhere. And it was the kind, it was definitely her sort of box to box Evelina spectacular, I think. Definitely agree player of the match yeah she's definitely uh finding some form isn't she uh and and playing really well at the moment hopefully i mean and that's going to be big for us we've got two big games coming up um, before the winter break so great to see her you know and because again in the euros we found that she was struggling a little bit i think and wasn't playing at her best but um great to see her back and how important she can be and hopefully as we've said putting some um impact in the attacking line as well as the defensive line Sean's already touched on it a little bit, but this was obviously our third game only at Brisbane Road. It seems really weird that we are so far along in the season and we've just been there three times. One of the things I think it's worth noting is that some of the issues that we highlighted uh, after our first game have been partially resolved, but most of them haven't. So there is now a route for people who are in the the season ticket area to go and get signatures and do all that stuff. The food, though, is still bad we still don't see any proper spurs paraphernalia around the stadium so anybody watching online is basically going to see red latent orient seats and if you're in the stadium you don't see much it looks like they've done it the dressing rooms up really nicely so the players think that they're playing in a club that is all branded with spurs stuff but it's not there for the fans or any watchers online to see i guess other things we're still waiting for the merch van to turn up so there's various little bits of glitches that are still going on at Brisbane Road it's starting I guess to feel a bit more like a home stadium at least to me like it's nice to see people who I'm familiar with who are sitting in some of the same places so there are some of those advantages of being a season ticket holder what about for you Sean? Yeah I mean I think I mean I hadn't quite cottoned on to the fact that season ticket holders can get out for signatures now I hadn't quite worked that one out so obviously still not being um, completely communicated to everybody I understand there are some uh, technical difficulties with the merch van in terms of getting it to Brisbane Road and they are working on those so hopefully we will see the merch van before the end of the season uh, I still think it's a shame that we wish 
cordoned off because it means when the visiting supporters come, it's difficult to catch up with them. And, you know, in the women's game, there's much more kind of camaraderie between the supporters. So it's not going to be a problem if, if we're talking to the away supporters. And I've got friends who, you know, from my various other roles with the FSA and things. So it's, it's, diff- it's a shame that it's difficult to talk to them. Yeah, the food is still as was, but hopefully they'll work on that. It's a work in progress, I guess. And I am told that they that Leighton Orient have now bought a clock. So at some Ooh. point that should be arriving. We're not sure where it's going or what it looks like, but apparently they have bought one. So that's good news. Um, we will be able to tell what stage of the game we're at. It has to be said yesterday when the at the end of the second half and the fourth official shoved the board up, we were like, oh, is that we're there already? Um, so uh it's, it will be nice to to know whereabouts in the game we are conversations with the club are happening they're slower than we would like um but slowly slowly we'll get there and we'll work on it and we'll, we'll hopefully develop you know i mean it's starting to feel a bit more like home just in the sense of you turn you get to the tube station you feel like you recognize it you feel you walk down the high street you feel like you know you know where you're going all of those things that make it feel like home had a little bit of an issue i was very foolish this week and realised when I got to London Bridge that I'd forgotten my ticket. Um, so I had to go to the box office and get it. And that was a strange experience of of them not actually having access to the records to be able to know whether I was a season ticket holder or not, um, but managing to get a ticket anyway. And then a couple of other season ticket holders had had the same problem and got the message that you could go and get a, a reprint, which was good because it meant we didn't people weren't spending out more money just because they'd misplaced or forgotten their ticket. So still some learning curves, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not, it's not, you know, it's, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Some things are better than the hive, some are not as good, but we'll get there. Yeah. I'm curious with this being the first home game since the men's world cup started, did it feel like there was a different vibe within the home crowd? Um, did you see like a lot of new people or was it a lot of the same? Felt pretty the same. Um, the TV show, TV screens were showing the game that was on at the time. So people were watching sort of Morocco win. So there's little bits of World Cup intruding, but there wasn't a lot of other differences that were noticeable, at least. I mean, we've heard rumours that one of our games might be rescheduled for a World Cup semi-final date. Hopefully that isn't the case because we wouldn't expect a very large crowd if that was. Hopefully, yeah. well, and that was just a rumor that Sean heard from through the grapevine. Um. Yeah, so no, in no way an official rumor, but one of the members of staff at the stadium told one of the Spurs supporters that the, the game would be the 14th December, which is a Wednesday night in two weeks' time, basically, which isn't a lot of notice, particularly when we're playing Everton, who are coming all the way from Liverpool, um, and to do that on a Wednesday night is not going to be easy for them anyway. So I, it would be disappointing. If that was the truth, but we, but as I, and as I say, it's it's just one member of staff at the stadium said that. So take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, I haven't got any confirmation from the club or not, and you would imagine if that is true that the club would be confirming it pretty soon. But then, of course, we've got the the Man United game confirmed again for February now, so we're quite a way off. Um, but that will be at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium again. Uh, that one is going to be on the 11th of February. The men are away at Leicester that day, so bit of a clash but not too bad um but it does it is an awkward timing because the week before we've got Chelsea and if we get through to the Conti Cup semi-finals they're midweek of that week and they put it on a Saturday so again that game isn't confirmed in terms of scheduling for TV so again the game could be moved if Sky decide they want to play it at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon or something 
Yeah, and again, I think Spurs are not covering themselves with glory in terms of the ways in which they're communicating with fans around rescheduling. Obviously, we know it's hard. They are juggling lots of different balls. It's the men's team, it's opponents, it's uh, Leighton Orient, it's depending on where the games are going to be. It's complicated. We totally get that. But it would, I know that we heard from lots of people that were quite frustrated with not knowing what was happening with the Man United game for so long. So just a little bit of a heads up, even if it's just every now and again, them contacting us and going, we know you still care about this. We're working on it, which would be a nothing, but it would at least acknowledge that people care and they are maybe checking and want to know more. And and certainly I found out that on Sunday that having raised this with with comms team, that the app is still not correct in terms of all the Conti Cup games. So the Conti Cup games are not on the Tottenham Hotspur app. So if you are relying on the app to get your information about women's football fixtures, please don't (laughs) for the time being. Look somewhere else for your confirmation of when the fixtures are because the app is incorrect. It doesn't have the Conti Cup games, uh, albeit only one more in the group stage, but um, you don't want to be missing the games. On that note, I guess... We should finish by talking about our next game, which is going to be this coming weekend away at Reading. It's going to be on the Sunday. It's a slightly earlier kickoff than usual. I think it starts at 12.30, am I right? Yeah, it's on the BBC, I believe. Ah, So it's going to be on the BBC, but you can still join us if you haven't yet got your ticket. I think that Spurs fans are mostly clustering in section Y22. So come join us there. I know that me and Sean will both be there. Obviously, we've already played Reading once this season, but that was a Conti Cup game. This one is going to be a league game. So score and predictions. Reading have, oh. Reading have started to uh, pick up the pace a little bit since we played them last. So I think it's yeah going to be an interesting one. Interesting one is not a score prediction. I want a score prediction. 3-2 okay. uh, to us. And that was just what I was going to say. I feel like I have to say something different now, but you've stolen it. I don't know. Are we allowed to say the same thing? I guess we are. Um, I'll think about that while Caroline, you're coming up with one. Well, if y'all say the same prediction, it might have a little more weight, I think. Um, (laughs) I I think I'm going to go with a 3-1, just because I I do think we're going to concede a goal because they have been playing better, Reading. Um, They have, they just won in the Conti Cup this weekend and they had a, 3-3 3-3 draw with Liverpool, I think it was midweek. So they're starting to score some more goals now. But I feel pretty confident that we're going to continue scoring as well. And I would also add briefly, um, for anyone watching in the US, the game is going to be on Paramount Plus. So pro tip. Nice. So Paramount Plus, place to watch if you yep. are in the US. It should also be on the F. No, it's going to be on BBC. On, but the, red, on the red button on the BBC. On the red button on the BBC. If you're in some other countries that are not the US in the UK, mm-hmm. you can probably watch it on um, the FA player. I would think so, yeah. And just another thing to highlight, uh, in the aftermath of having all these academy players on play on the weekend, you can go and watch academy players play for Spurs Women's Academy team. They are still playing at Cheshunt's and... Uh, they generally have games on Wednesdays, so they mostly don't clash. And there aren't many games before Christmas, but if you're interested in catching academy players, there are quite a few games scheduled for the new year. 
So check out the um, schedule. We can put a link to it as well on our Twitter feed. On that note, I think that is all for today. Um, are you are you sticking with three two or are you are you changing? Oh. <laughs> We're not letting you get out of it, Rachel. <laughs> I was on Twitter and then I was like, oh well, I could go to three and she took three one. I'm like, so then I could go down to two one, but I kind of think there are going to be goals. I mean, I could be crazy and go to four three, but that seems. I don't feel like we're going to score four, and I really don't think that. Uh, can I just stick to three two? Is that allowed? It's allowed. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got our score predictions. I think that is it for today. Let's see whether any of us are right. Hopefully, there will be goals, and it will be a lot of fun. And we will be back again next week to talk about it. Mm-hmm.